It's time for This Week in the Big East, a comprehensive look at the teams, coaches, players, and the story tradition of the Big East Conference. Here are your hosts, longtime conference play-by-play announcer John Rook and Big East author and sports writer Kevin McNamara. Welcome to This Week in the Big East, our weekly look at the teams, the coaches, players, and some of the stories from the schools comprising the Big East Conference. I'm John Rook, alongside Providence Journal beat writer and author Kevin McNamara. And crunch time has arrived for college basketball. It seems that some of the Big East stars are kind of getting crunched themselves. Creighton, Xavier, Butler all try to mount a challenge to Villanova's supremacy in the league. Teams are kind of starting to beat each other up just a little bit along the way, Kevin. Injuries are becoming a factor. Xavier's a pretty good example here. Uh, the Musketeers have won four of six, but they've dropped two in a row. Star guard Trevon Blewett went down with an ankle sprain. Couldn't really play much against Villanova. Didn't play at all in a loss to Providence on Wednesday night. Well, it's a bad timing, John, for the Musketeers because I think they probably could get by without Blewett in some Big East games. But Villanova at home at Providence are two of the toughest games in the league right now. Villanova's flying high. We're going to get to them in a minute. Sure. And Providence seems to be surging as well as anyone in the conference right now. So those are really two tough tests. The issue is now Xavier goes on the road at Marquette at Seton Hall. So three in a row on the road. They need blew it back uh, ASAP. Just shows you, though, that the Stars, even though teams try to purport themselves as being well-rounded, Stars can carry a team right to the finish line, I think. Well, there's no question about it. In college basketball, if you lose first-team all-league guys, and really, in reality, Xavier's down two because, obviously, Edmund Sumner was maybe the best right. guard in the league, and uh, over at Creighton, Maurice Watson, uh, Creighton certainly isn't the team that they were for the first uh, two months of the season. Injuries are big in college basketball. You cannot lose key guys and certainly not first-team all-league players. Well, Blewett, as you said, joining uh, Edmund Sumner on the uh, Musketeers sideline for now after Sumner went down for the year with an ACL tear. The team is hopeful, however, Blewett could return in another week to 10 days. Uh, That's what the, the prognosis was as of Wednesday of this week. Updating the league standings after Wednesday night's play, Villanova is out in front at 12 and 2. Butler has edged into the number two spot right now at nine and five, three games out of first after a 110 to 86 home win over St. John's. The 110 points, the most scored by a Big East team this season. Butler has also reached 20 wins now for the 11th time in 12 years. That's one of 15 teams in the country that can claim that little note. 20 is a big, round, happy number in college basketball. Still so, is. But, John, we got to stop right here. It's time to fall on the sword. Villanova is going to be the Big East regular <laughs> season champion again. For, for two months, we've talked about that it's going to be a balanced league and Villanova is going to have to sweat down this stretch, and they're certainly not going to go 16-2 and two like they did the first three years of this league. They are on target to do it again. Got to, get, got to hand it to the Wildcats. Mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. Is that how it goes? Is what it is. The rest of the Big East has been looking up at the Wildcats. Still the same thing. I kind of like it. It is what it is, right? Creighton and Xavier, half game back of Butler. They're 8-5, and five, both teams losing on the road on Wednesday. Blue Jays edged at Seton Hall. Musketeers lost to Providence, as we mentioned. And in that Seton Hall-Creighton game, Pirates guard Kadeen Carrington, a previous guest, by the way, this week on this week in the Big East, he exploded for a season high and a career high 41 points in an 87-81 win. It's called Twitby Magic. Yeah, I like that, Twitby Magic. Come and join us on the show here, and it's all good for you the rest of the season. (laughs) Well, then that'll bode well for a couple of our guests coming up on the program. Then it gets really interesting after that that upper tier of the the league because Marquette is currently in fifth, six and seven, with Seton Hall, 
St. John's, and Providence only a half game back at 6-8. and eight. Georgetown is only a full game out of fifth at 5-8, and eight, but they're in sole possession of ninth. DePaul then sits behind the Hoyas. But at this stage of the game, with two and a half weeks to go before the Big East tournament begins to unfold, you cannot rule out nine of the ten Big East teams for the postseason. Five Big East teams within a game of each other with four or five Big East games to go. Wow, it's going to be a great uh, final two weeks of the season. Really tight. Got to love that, right? Absolutely. And, you know, every league wants, you know, a standard bearer, and certainly the Big East has that with Villanova. But the coaches really enjoy, well, maybe not enjoy, (laughs) but the balance. You know, you want as much balance in a league as possible. And I think the Big East is the most balanced league in the country because truly from one to nine right now, dangerous every night. Well, we're going to share a question with you that we received via Twitter earlier this week. We'll do it a little bit later on in the show, but in the meantime, if you do have your questions, we do aim to please you, so you can follow us on Twitter at JR Broadcaster. that's me, at Kevin McNamara 33 that's Kevin. Make sure you tweet your question to us using the hashtag T-W-I-T-B-E, twit me, for this week in the Big East. Our Big East spotlight this week shines on a head coach that has his team right in the middle of this postseason mix. But they should be used to it. After all, his team is the defending tournament champ. Seton Hall's Kevin Willard joins us next. This week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight. As one of the country's leading Catholic universities, Seton Hall has been shaping students in mind, heart, and spirit since 1856. Today, the hall is home to nearly 10,000 students taught by world-class faculty. Our professors shine in the classroom, sharing their expertise with bright young minds who are hungry to learn. And as a member of the Big East, our student-athletes compete in one of the nation's top athletic conferences. Whether on the court or in the classroom, our students learn by doing. This is Seton Hall's moment. Be part of it. Big East Spotlight. Carrington getting instructions from Kevin Willard. Guarded by the taller Diallo, who is right behind the Rodriguez screen. Puts between the legs, steps back, fires a three. Good! Kadeem Carrington gives the Pirates the lead. He has 19. Seton Hall's Pirates had a lot of expectations in front of them when this season began based on their finish from a year ago and returning players in their lineup. Very much in the mix for postseason play right now. But have those preseason expectations exceeded reality? Head coach Kevin Willard joins us this week in the Big East. Now, Kevin, what's that been like for you guys and your team this year, in particular after beating Villanova last year for the Big East tournament title? You know, it's you know we, we've we've had a pretty darn good year. You know, we've had some really good out of conference wins. We won at Iowa, beat South Carolina in the Garden, uh, beat Cal in Hawaii. Um, but you know, conference play has been has been tough for us. We've just we've had a real hard time winning on the road. Uh, we've lost uh, two overtime games and a buzzer beater on the road. That's uh, kind of put us in a tough spot. But my guys are battling. They've had a great attitude, and uh, I still think we've put ourselves in a pretty good condition, uh, pretty good position. Go moving forward. Kevin, uh, last night, uh, Kadeen Carrington went for 41. Uh, it's tough to get 40 in a college game. It's especially tough to get 40 on a team like yourself because uh, balance scoring has been one of the trademarks for the Pirates. Uh, just uh, talk about Kadeen's emergence as really a, one of the big-time scorers in the conference. Yeah, he, you know what? It, it was, you know, last night I think all the guys kind of understood he had it going. Um, they were looking for him. Uh, I think the biggest thing about the 41 is how efficient he was. He was 10 for 15 from the floor, 18 for 21 from the free throw line. He also had seven assists and only one turnover. So uh, I think not only did he obviously score 41, it's great, but he had a really efficient game and 
uh, was huge in getting us a big W against Creighton. Coach, overall, um, you know, I, I think that your team, not only with Kadeen outside, but with Angel Delgado inside, that's a tremendous inside-outside combination. I think that's recognizable for a lot of fans because when you look for a good basketball team, you want to see what a team has in the backcourt. You want to see what they have in the front court. How have you managed to blend as well as you have, number one? And do you ever find yourself sometimes trying to de-emphasize one area of attack just because sometimes these guys can be so overwhelming with their presence? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think at, at times we've really tried to focus on uh, getting the basketball uh, inside the Angel. He's, he's had a monster of a year. Um, I think it's 20 uh, 25 games now. He's had a double-double. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been he's really developed his low-post game uh, to where we, we've really relied on him to become a low-post scorer. Uh, and I think at times we've, we've kind of bogged down the lane a little bit with you know, with Kadeem being able to drive, Desi Rodriguez being able to drive. So it is a tough balancing act at times uh, because Angel is, you know, I think he's one of the best big men in the country. But we've been a very balanced team all year. We've, you know, we've had different guys step up and lead us in scoring. Uh, and it's just a matter of sometimes I think we're a little bit of a veteran team that kind of understands when a guy has it going, we got to get that guy the ball. Kevin, what's made Angel so much more productive off the glass this year? He was, you know, born to rebound. He's rebound since he arrived at Seton Hall, but uh, you can just knock him down for a dozen plus every yeah, single game. You know, Kevin, I think he's really, he really dedicated himself this summer to getting his body in much better shape. Um, he shed a lot of, I wouldn't call baby fat, but a loose fat from his body. He, uh, he's much more, he's much better conditioned. Um, and what he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of his own second chance rebounds. So he'll get a rebound, he'll put it up, he'll miss it, he'll go up and get it again, you know, what I call the old Moses Malone effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll go put it in, and because he's in better shape, because he's stronger and can withstand it, you know, he's able to get a second, third rebound where I think in the years past, you know, if he missed a shot, he had a hard time following and getting a second one. This year he's doing a much better job of that. Kevin Willard, head coach at Seton Hall, joining us this week in the Big East. Uh, your team, you mentioned already, kind of knows where to go. They've got some experience to it. You, you learned how to win a little bit last year and winning the tournament title. You're getting ready for that stretch run now. What have you emphasized to your guys over this last couple of weeks of the regular season, knowing that you have the experience to take you where you want to go? Well, I think the big thing is just just keep trying to get better every day, um, especially on the defensive end. You know, I think it's something that we've gotten – we started to get better at. Um, it's why we've won, you know, three of the last four. I, I just think we're, we're focusing a little bit better on the defensive end. Um, we're defending at a little bit higher level. Um, it was why we became so good last year. Was we were really good defensively at the end of last year. And I think with this team, it's just kind of getting them to keep advancing, keep getting better day in day out on the defensive end. Kevin, it's interesting looking at your schedule. Uh, obviously, home games are so important in this league because it's difficult to win on the road. The triple header that you guys have are in the midst of right now. You took care of one with Creighton, but now you welcome Villanova and then Xavier. Uh, it's quite a three-game opportunity, but, boy, that's a, a stiff test. It is. You know, obviously, um, getting the first one was big last night. Uh, Creighton, even though they don't have Maurice Watson, I think uh, Greg has done a phenomenal job um, of the way they're playing now. They're, they're much more movement-oriented, a little bit more motion offense, which makes them really tough with how they shoot the basketball. And then, you know, obviously, Villanova and Xavier. Uh, Nova's as good and balanced as a basketball team as they're in the country, as well coached as any team in the country. And you could probably say the same thing for Xavier. Uh, when Blewett's on the floor, 
Um, they're just such a dangerous team. So we've had really three tough swings. We had three in a row on the road in six days, and now we have these three tough home games. But like you said, it's a good opportunity for our basketball team late in February um, to, to show what we're all about. Your team is right in the middle of this mix, so I figured I'd ask the question here. But, you know, with all of the talk about, you know, uh, bubble this and, and uh, teams not being qualified, strength of schedule and all of that, how would you view everybody else in the Big East? I know you're worried about your team, and if you tell me that, that's okay. But how do you view the, the teams that you played in the Big East, and where do they step up in your estimation? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, that, I think there's a lot of guys um, out there that, that did unbelievable work in the preseason, you know, pre-conference. And, you know, I look at what Providence did um, with their wins non-conference. Uh, I think Marquette has a very strong chance. They're playing good basketball. Um, I think us, um, you know, obviously Nova, Butler, Creighton, and Xavier have all put themselves in great position. Um, I think the league, top to bottom, is just such a strong, strong league that, um, you know, I think we could get, we can get six bids in. Kevin, I'm curious uh, if you think Villanova has the Final Four, you know, run in them once again. You know what? It, <laughs> I, I early in the year when I was watching them, I, I thought you know they'd really miss Daniel Chefu. Yeah. Um, I really thought that was going to be a big loss for them, and I, I just think that they've become such a balanced basketball team. You don't know, obviously, Josh Hart. He's, he's the Player of the Year in, comp, in college basketball. Mikhail Bridges has become such a good player. You know, I didn't think DiVincenzo would be such a guy that can come out and give them the minutes and the, the points he's getting them. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have Pascal come out. He's making shots and he's become an inside presence. So I, I just think they're a little bit deeper, a little bit more experienced. And I think when you have Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins out there, uh, I think they can go very, very far. Kevin, a final one for you from me, but I would ask you quite simply – What's one thing you don't have right now that you'd like to have for this stretch run? Uh, a couple extra days of rest. To be <laughs> perfectly honest with you, it's uh, we've been we've kind of got the short end of the stick a little bit with playing team. You know, we, Providence was coming off a of bye week. St. John's was coming off a of bye week. Villanova's coming off a of bye week. Georgetown's coming off a of bye week. DePaul will come off a of bye week. At this time of year, it's really tough playing at a high, playing high level teams when they're getting four or five extra days rest. So I think. The biggest thing, one thing I wish I had, I wish we had more rest, but we don't, and so we just got to bow through it. One, uh, one last one for me, Kevin. With the experience of last year's Big East Tournament Championship run and so many guys back who went through it, experienced it, enjoyed it, does that will that help you in March when you when you you know head to the Garden? Yeah, I think it. I think it will. It's already helped already. Madison Jones, uh, our fifth year grad transfer, who's playing point guard for us. Um, you know, he's never had to go through. You know the stress and the the rigors of of this time of year, and we have a young freshman that's playing great. Uh, he hasn't gone through it, so uh, I think the four juniors that experienced it and went through it and battled through it last year, uh, they understand, and you know they're really trying to help these guys you know, try to get to the finish line. Seton Hall's Kevin Willard. Who's hot? Well, hot hands can carry a team right to the finish line, and we'll run them all down for you. Coming up next, this week in the Big East. Coming up, who's hot? This week in the Big East. 
Be a VIP and experience select NCAA championships the best way possible with the NCAA Experience. Packages for select championships, including the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship and Men's Final Four, can include game tickets, pregame VIP hospitality access, hotels, and much more. Official NCAA Experience ticket and hospitality packages are available now at NCAA.com slash VIP. Secure your VIP package today to experience it live. Who's hot? Cats look to push. Bridges finds Brunson shot fake on the left wing. Cross court. Spot up three right wing. Josh Hart a swish. You got to love it. Great ball moving that time. Villanova getting the best shot that possession. Four points. Seton Hall lead 37 for Carrington. 83-79. They roll it out to center court. It's stolen by Carrington. Carrington drives in. Slams it home. 15 seconds to go. Carrington with a cookie topper. Down to five to shoot. Jackson step back. Free throw on jumper. Got it. Axton Jackson out there having a great game. What a nice shot there by Jackson. He saw the shot clock go down and knocks it down. I like that, Joe. Action Jackson. <laughs> Action Jackson with 10. Friars up 18. 10 to shoot. Puts it up top. Launches another three and buries that one. Wide open in rhythm. A 9-0 run for the Bulldogs. Rebound taken by Delgado. He pops it toward the rim. No good. Gets his own rebound again. Layup good. Out of foul. The basket counts. Delgado relentless. Buzzer goes off. Jay Wright has notched his 500th career win in 23 years of stellar coaching. Congratulations to Coach Wright and the Villanova Wildcats as they win on the road in convincing fashion. Villanova 73, Xavier 57. Welcome back to this week of the Big East. I'm John Rook with Kevin McNamara. And Kevin, you know, when you reach this point of the season, two things stand out to me. One, the players you knew would be good, well, they're usually pretty good. Two, if there's any surprises early in a season, well, it's tough sometimes for those players to keep up with an early pace. But aren't we seeing that a little bit right now from a couple of teams who are kind of trying to come up from the bottom of the pack? Well, there's one team that, uh, you know, this is the time of year where it's difficult because you're wound down a little bit, beaten up, you know, a lot of bumps and bruises. Everyone scouts really well because it's usually the second time you're facing someone. So to play, to pick up your pace down the stretch is difficult, but there's one team that seems to be doing it, and it's Providence. Uh, Providence was picked ninth uh, out of the gate, off to a slow start. Uh, in reality, they really had a difficult schedule out of the shoot. Now it's reversing, and they're finishing with a lot of home games down the stretch, and beating Butler and Xavier back-to-back has kind of pointed the Friars in the right direction down the stretch, and it's really behind Kyron Cartwright, uh, who has had a good year, uh, but he needs to continue really strong play down the stretch. Well, he has been second in the Big East in assists all season long behind Maurice Watson from Creighton, and with you know him going down with an injury, Cartwright has been the, the, the primary table setter uh, amongst all guards, really, in the Big East Conference this far, but he's also become more aggressive with his offensive game, and the one thing that I kind of noticed about Cartwright is, is when he is most aggressive, the Friars are at their best. Well, Chris Mack, the Xavier coach after the game, really before and after, he, he continually talked about Cartwright. He clearly was the on the top of their scouting report, and he just called him a jet, and when he uses his speed to his advantage, he's one of the best players in the league. To have a few players playing off him well with the Rodney Bullock, uh, freshman Alpha Diallo has really stepped up. Jalen Lindsay has had a very solid junior year. Uh, the Friars, again, are with a few more home games to go here, are pointed in the, in the direction toward the postseason once again. Yeah, Providence has two left at home. They're actually off this weekend. It's their second bye week, and then they also have two on the road, and everything seems to be potentially winnable for them. Preseason Player of the Year favorite Josh Hart from Villanova is our Big East 
player of the week again this week after averaging 18 points, seven rebounds, four assists, and three steals in two games for Villanova. Stat stuffer, right? 25 points and a win over Georgetown. And then exactly, one of those stat-stuffing box score totals against Xavier. He had 11 points, seven boards, five dimes, four steals. Pretty wall-rounded game, I would think. And Hart leads the Big East in scoring. He is third in the league in rebounding. It's called the National Player of the Year. You know, there's going to be some competition. Uh, there's a lot of good players nationwide. No one has led their team from start to finish uh, better than Josh Hart. Big East Rookie of the Week, St. John's Marcus Lovett for a second straight week. Lovett hit for 19 points in a win against Seton Hall, had six assists, three steals in that one. He's the highest-scoring freshman in the conference at 17.3 points per game. That's good for fifth best overall. It's safe to say he's not playing like a freshman. No, no, and uh, St. John's is one of the most dangerous offensive teams in the league. If they play defense, they will get you. On the Big East honor roll this week, Butler's Andrew Shrabis averaged 16.5 points, four rebounds with Four assists, three steals. Uh, that's his average, by the way, in a one and one week for the Bulldogs. Led Butler with 21 points in a road win at Marquette. Georgetown's LJ Peak averaged 20 and a half points, four boards, five assists for the Hoyas. He scored 21 in an 18 point romp over the Golden Eagles. Angel Delgado of Seton Hall, one of our favorites, uh, nation's leading rebounder, right? Averaged 16 points and 12 and a half rebounds in two games. He had 19 and 15 in an overtime win over Providence. And then Villanova's redshirt freshman Dante DiVincenzo averaged 16 points and two Wildcat wins. Xavier's Rashid Gaston. Boy, does he have an NBA body. 23 points, 10 rebounds against Villanova. Also hit 76% of his shots for the week. Some pretty good performances right there. Had a double-double at Providence as well, Gaston. I just want to go back to Butler a little bit. Andrew Stravich, you mentioned he had his usual you know, good game in the 110-point uh, outburst right. uh, at Hinkle Fieldhouse. He had 20. But Keelan Martin had 19, and Martin's been kind of in a funk for about two weeks. He's been uh, coming off the bench even a couple of times for uh, Coach Holtman. Off the bench, not quite sure what was going on there, but certainly he wasn't scoring the ball well at all. Had some limited minutes, so maybe it was a bit of a doghouse. But so really good to see Martin uh, throw in 19 in a really uh, offensive explosion for the Bulldogs. Kevin, do you like the way this mix kind of plays out with some of these star players now beginning to sort of rise to the top here? And and do you expect one or two of them over others perhaps to really shine as we get to these last couple of weeks? Well, you know, John, down, down the stretch, you need your best players to play well because, again, uh, the coaches always say this time of year it's really tough to get a win because – with the computer scouting that yeah. we have, yeah. everyone knows what everyone else is going to do, from inbounds plays to uh, offensive sets. Uh, defensively, coaches like to make little switches this time of year, but it's really tough to make a defensive switch to keep you know Josh Hart un- under wraps, right. uh, Kadeen Carrington under wraps. Those are your best players. They have to perform in crunch time. Our Big East focus this week zooms in on the middle of the pack in this league and one of those players, in fact, in the middle of the Marquette lineup. If the Golden Eagles are to stay in the postseason mix, chances are strong that center Luke Fisher will keep them right there. And he joins us next, this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the Big East focus. When a drive for excellence combines with social justice, there is energy. When entrepreneurial spirit is unified with a passion for service, there is power. At Marquette University, when we bring people who hold these convictions together, they ignite. They become agile thinkers, fearless leaders, and willing servants. The force that acts for good no matter what, ready to go forth and set the world on fire. Marquette University, be the difference. Big East Focus. 
Now Reinhardt gives inside. Luke Fisher to the basket. He stuffs it. And there was contact. Juwan Johnson gives inside to Luke Fisher. He stuffs it flashing into the basket. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. And it's the time of the year that fans have to love. Any team pretty much able to win on any given night in a league that is absolutely stacked from top to bottom. And Marquette is right in the middle of the fight and right in the middle of their lineup is a guy who has seen his share of that fight. Senior Luke Fisher joins us this week in the Big East. Luke, what surprised you, if anything, about play in the Big East that you guys have faced this season so far? You know, uh, the hardest thing about playing in the Big East is, you know, like you said before, uh, any game is 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 up for grabs. I mean, every team in this league is, is good. Uh, there's no guaranteed games, and you got to be ready to bring it every single night. Luke, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you have not played Xavier yet. That's an upcoming game this weekend, and you have them twice down the stretch. Does that pose any, you know, kind of unique challenge? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we don't really know, uh, you know much about them yet. Uh, you know, we'll start scouting for them today, uh, going over their stuff. So, uh, you know, this late in the season, it's, it's kind of strange that you haven't played every single team in your conference yet. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a quick turnaround, you know, after we play them on Saturday. So, uh, you know, we'll get, to, we'll get to know them real real fast here. Now, speaking of getting to know opponents, I, I know you probably got your favorites and you probably have some respect out there for a lot of guys. What has been, uh, I would say, a little bit of a surprise to you in terms of a guy or maybe even a team that you faced this year that you didn't really know what he had or they had and that really gained your respect? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Villanova's the, the outlier. I mean, the whole the whole team is, is unbelievably well coached and, and, you know, plays at a high level. Um, you know, and, and I respect the heck out of a Creighton. I mean, they're, they're a great coach team. Uh, you know, I, I know uh, Toby Hegner very well. We, uh, we played high school basketball against each other. Uh, and, you know, to see that, you know, essentially as programs, we were in the same position two years ago at the bottom of the conference. Uh, and to see, you know, both our programs, you know, grow each year and get better and better. Uh, you know, I have nothing but respect for those guys. Luke, kind of staying on that theme, you have a unique perspective because you spent some time in the Big Ten at Indiana, and now you're here in the Big East. Uh, just compare and contrast or, uh, the leagues a little bit, and maybe what are your top uh, two or three places that you've enjoyed playing in? Yeah, uh, I mean, both leagues are you know, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you, you're going to go against you know top talent every single night. Um, but, you know, the atmospheres in both are, are also unbelievable. I mean, Assembly Hall at Indiana is one of the greatest places to play a basketball game in, in the world. I mean, uh, the fans there are great. Uh, you know, the history is unbelievable. Um, but then, I mean, almost every place we go in the Big East has is, is got a, a unique, a unique uh, atmosphere as well. I mean, uh, the Big East is obviously known for basketball. That's, uh, that's all everyone ever wants to talk about here. Uh, so, you know, fans are going to come out. They're going to be supportive, and, you know, you got to bring it every night. You got a favorite spot to play in? On you got a favorite road spot or a spot that challenges you in particular in this league? Yeah, um, you know Creighton is. You know, once again, I, I love playing there. They have a great arena. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, but you know, one of the most challenging places I think is is Providence. You know, you know their fans go after you. Uh, you know, they like to they like to talk a little bit. Uh, so that's always fun. You know, being in like a tough atmosphere like that. Now they they don't swear in Providence, do they, Luke? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Okay, just 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 double checking, double checking. Uh, John and I have spent some time in the Providence Arena, and it seems as if it can get a little salty. But maybe that's the East. Uh, they they don't do that in the Midwest all that much. 
No, no, everyone, everyone's too nice here. Yes, <laughs> I like that. Luke Fisher joining us here this week in the Big East, uh, Senior Center for the Marquette Golden Eagles. Uh, I guess, Luke, you know, at this stage of the game, when you look at what you guys are, you kind of know the kind of team you have. But can you tell us something that maybe fans don't know about Marquette that you really like about your team? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I think they don't realize, you know, how how young we still are. Um, you know, we got we got three three seniors. Uh, if you count Dwayne Wilson, he's you know he's technically a senior, he's a redshirt junior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's four of us. But then you know, we don't have any juniors. Uh, it's it's all you know it's all sophomores, and and we have you know the freshmen. And you know, I think people tend to forget that you know Marcus Howard is only 17 years old still. Uh, you know, he graduated high school a little early and. Uh, you know, to have that pressure and and to be that ready to play uh, college basketball is is extremely impressive. Luke, what what gets you excited about the home stretch for Marquette? Uh, everyone knows that you guys had two great back to back wins at Creighton and the big one over Villanova at home. Since then, you know, it's been the Big East grind. You know, a lot of tough games, close games, but uh, you guys do have the opportunity to turn the corner here and make a sprint to the finish. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know that's what we talk about every day. Uh, you know, we got a little too comfortable. We got a little too confident in ourselves. You know, after that that good week that we had, like we've been saying the whole time, that you know, every every game is is going to be a challenge. And uh, you know, I think we tend to forget that at times. Uh, so you know, going down this stretch, we really have to lock in. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. We still believe that we can make this great run, uh, and we expect ourselves to. And you know, we expect ourselves to be in the postseason, and and that's been our goal the entire year. Yeah, but that 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 week you had that that was a pretty good week. What what was it like being in the middle of the 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 crowd rushing the floor? It, it was it was fantastic. I mean, you see you see you know, court storming, you know, all the time on ESPN Sports Center, all that stuff. Uh, but to be part of one is is truly a memory that you'll have forever. How tough has that been, though, to shed? You talked about that a little bit, how you guys have to kind of refocus here for the stretch run. Sometimes that's almost um, that's almost a little damaging on the other side, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, for, for a week straight, you know, you had everyone talking about you. You had everyone, you know, you know, patting you on the back, saying how good you are. And then, you know, the next week, you know, you have no one saying anything to you and, and you know, writing your obituary, so... Uh, you know, it, it was a tough stretch, but, you know, we just got to bounce back, and, you know, we're definitely capable of doing that. One other thing that I wanted to ask you about, because your team does have guys that started into the programs. Kevin talked about it just a couple of moments ago. You obviously started in Indiana. Kate and Reinhardt came from USC, and before that he was even at UNLV. Andrew Rousey came from uh, North Carolina Asheville. What do you think attracted you guys to Marquette to give you an opportunity that you didn't have previously? Yeah, I mean – uh, those guys are in a little different situation because uh, Coach Bojo was already here. I kind of made a leap of faith coming here um, before he got here, and it turned out to be a you know a complete blessing. Um, but I mean, I really think those guys came here because of our coaching staff. I mean, uh, they're a heck of a group of guys. I mean, all of them have played at a high level at you know collegiately and you know uh, pros too. Uh, so I mean, just just knowing how well they know the game and how much we can learn from them, uh, it really attracted all of us here. You know, Coach Wojo's been you know part of the USA team and obviously uh, multiple championship teams. Those those alone are just great great recruiting factors. Well, it's been a great fit so far for you, Luke. And, and I'm curious, uh, you've already experienced the Big East tournament once uh, at, at Madison Square Garden. I'm curious uh, what you liked about the Big East tournament and what you're looking forward to in uh, in your last trip there. Yeah, I mean it's it's a 
it's so much fun to play in the garden. I mean, it's, it's truly one of the best places that, that you can play a basketball game. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about basketball for that, that one week there. Um, you know, and you know, the most special thing is that anything can happen. I mean, a, a seven seed can make a run all the way to the, you know, the finals and, or, you know, it's just, it's just upsets around upsets and, and just great games, uh, in multiple days in a row that just are really exciting. Marquette Senior Center, Luke Fisher. Now, the national perspective is next. And are you ready for a little bubble talk? Fox Sports' Stuart Mandel gives us his lowdown on the Big East and more with turning time less than a month away. He's next this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the national perspective. The Providence College experience, rooted in academic excellence, shared values, and an uncommon sense of community is both unique and exceptional. A premier Catholic liberal arts college, PC has 3,900 undergraduate students, a dynamic, engaged community, and a great location just minutes from downtown Providence. With pride in its heritage, Providence College looks forward to a bright future. Learn more at providence.edu. National Perspective. Cartwright challenges good left corner. Lindsay, three-pointer up. And oh, in. yeah. What a play by Cartwright. Timeout, Savior. Called by Chris Mack with 13-34 to play. John Rook with Kevin McNamara this week in the Big East. Bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. I don't think we need any magic spells or witchcraft to really figure out the eventual field of 68 for the NCAA tournament. All we need is a guy like Stuart Mandel who covers college hoops for Fox. He joins us. And Stuart, with three and a half weeks left or so before Selection Sunday, how are you looking at Big East teams heading into the postseason overall? Well, there seems to be a pretty clear uh, distinction between, uh, you know, you've got Villanova, Butler, Creighton, Xavier. I'm not too worried about them getting into the tournament. It's more about seeding for them. Then you've got a whole bunch of teams that you consider to be on the bubble. Marquette, Seton Hall, Providence, and with a slight, slight hope for Georgetown. And this time of year, Stuart, it, really you got to look at every single game, not only in the Big East but around the country, because it seems as if there's an awful lot of teams that look alike and they don't look too good right now. They, they clearly need to add more chips into their uh, resume. Yeah, you know, I always say to people, the when you, when you say a team is in the – you know, your last four in on February 16th, that really means if a season ended today, they probably wouldn't be in because we haven't factored in uh, conference tournaments. So if you fast forward to conference tournaments, inevitably around the country, uh, some seven seed that would never otherwise make it wins their tournament and steals a bid from everybody else. So, you know, in general, the teams that are on the bubble right now really want to start racking up some, some quality wins and and make life a little bit more comfortable, uh, you know, and not leave it up to how you do in the conference tournament. Do you think, Stuart, uh, because Villanova is obviously looking like a one seed right now, and you mentioned four teams that are clearly going to make the tournament, does that bode well for the potential fifth or sixth Big East team just because uh, they get linked in with uh, what's been a very competitive uh, conference uh, game in and game out? Yeah, it does. And and not just, uh, you know, for what they've done to this point, but, you know, you look at a team – um, well, let's take Seton Hall, for example. I always tell people, to me, in studying the committee the last few years, without question, the most important criteria is that record against uh, RPI top 50 teams. That seems to me, you know, when the committee came out with their, their actual top 16 last week, you could pretty much go down the list. It was pretty strongly correlated. So the best thing that these teams can do to help themselves down the stretch is get those top 50 wins. And Seton Hall got one last night against Creighton. 
and they have three more chances. You know, they play Villanova, they play Xavier, they play Butler at the end of the year. Those are great opportunities to add big wins to your resume down the stretch. Providence also got one against Xavier. Yes, that was a, the last two games for Providence. They basically went from not really in the conversation to right there on the edge uh, because they basically doubled their amount of top 50 wins with the wins over uh, Butler and Xavier. So how did you look at when the uh, committee sort of gave us all a preview by seeding the top 16 teams in the conference or in the tournament a month out from uh, from actually Selection Sunday? Did you like the idea to sort of what everybody's appetite or does it serve any purpose to you? Uh, I was skeptical when they first announced it, but when they actually did it, yeah, I liked it for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, it did confirm for me, uh, give me at least a better idea as a bracketologist of what criteria they're emphasizing. And like I said, you know, you look at a team like Florida State, for example, uh, number two seed for the committee, not nearly as high in the AP and coaches polls. That's all about that top 50 record. So, it, And Wisconsin was kind of the opposite example of that, a team very high in the polls that didn't make their top 16 because uh, of a light resume. So I think it was good for that reason. But even more so, if you actually watch the show, um, Mark Hollis, the, the selection committee chairman, went through it one by one and showed how the teams get placed into their respective regions. And that's the part of the process I don't think the general public really understands. Uh, why would they, unless you're studying this stuff full-time? Full the bracket comes out, they see their team got stuck in the West, and they complain, and they don't understand why. He did a pretty good job of showing how that process works and how um, it's not just geographic, although that is a huge part of it, but having to follow rules about how many teams from the same conference are in the same region. So. I found that to be pretty informative as well. I agree, Stuart. I, I thought it was excellent. Uh, first of all, it was very well-timed. You know, the Super Bowl's over. There's certain parts of the country. Uh, we live in one that really only cares about college basketball. College football is an outlier uh, in, in Big East markets. And yet when the NFL is over, the Super Bowl is over, the country does focus on college basketball. And to have uh, just wet people's appetites, it gets people excited about the stretch drive. Yeah, I would not be surprised. I mean, they've talked about uh, how hard it would be to do it more regularly just because the committee has to meet in Indianapolis. But to me, it would it would make a lot of sense to do it again in a couple weeks. I'm not saying they should do it the week of the selection. Obviously, at that point, you want to be focused on the, the final product. But the first one was February 11th. Why don't you do another one on February 25th, kind of show how maybe things have changed over the last couple weeks. And like you said, wet people's appetite because – I agree. After the Super Bowl is when a good chunk of the public really starts tuning into college basketball. Were you surprised that Villanova was not only one, but the overall number one? And and what do you think their chances are to to secure the overall number one? Yeah, not surprised. I think that there's a pretty clear case for them. Uh, 25 and 2, that committee would tell you that the fact they're defending national champs doesn't come into into play, but I don't know how it wouldn't. Obviously, in the back of everybody's minds. You know, and then the two losses were, were respectable losses. Um, you know, I think they have to worry a little bit about Kansas right behind them. Um, Kansas is like uh, like Villanova in a conference where you can it's a smaller conference, so you can rack up a lot of top 50 wins. I think that's something, by the way, that's not really been uh, talked about. A 10-team conference and half the teams are in the top 50 or more, um, then, you know, that's really beneficial for your schedule. I'm looking at what's happening in the Big Ten this year. They were left out of the uh, top 16 entirely and part of that is while they do have a lot of good teams it's such a bloated league they don't play each other very often Wisconsin mm-hmm. has suffered from that in particular uh, so you know no I'm not surprised about Villanova 
I, I certainly don't think they could afford to go into a slump down the stretch and still be the number one overall seed. But if they continue to take care of business and win the games they're supposed to win, um, you know, I certainly think that's uh, a very attainable goal. Stuart Mandel covering college hoops for Fox Sports as a writer and analyst joining us this week in the Big East. One more for you, Stuart. And you mentioned a little bit earlier about you know trying to get top 50 wins. That's what everybody needs to get if they really need a resume builder at the end of the year. What if you're in a league, whether you're in a mid-major or a high-major league, but you don't have the opportunity to get those top 50 wins? What can you still do in your estimation to still be reckoned with on Selection Sunday? Yeah, that's a great question. And last year, come Selection Sunday, there were, I remember there were quite a few of those kind of teams like Monmouth, uh, St. Mary's, that the public was maybe rooting for, and they just didn't have the resume at the end of the day. Um, the answer would be win your conference tournament. Uh, that's, that's really, you know, when, if you're in one of those leagues and you're considered to be on the bubble, and, I'll, you know, and I would say that uh, Wichita State falls into that this year, uh, uh, Illinois State in that same conference, um, you know, that's different to me than a St. Mary's that's considered to be pretty safely in. You know, you don't want to risk it because, it's again, that top 50 category, you know, you look at Wichita State, this is a team that all the metrics say is a really good team. They have one, not just top 50, one top 100 win all season. I would not want to put my fate in the uh, hands of the committee if I'm them. Fox Sports' Stuart Mandel. Who's got next? Well, the upcoming schedule has the big games lined up. We'll provide the slate for you coming up. This week in the Big East. Coming up, who's got next? This week in the Big East. Why earn your degree from Creighton University? Chances are you want to do more than get a paycheck. Here, you'll learn how to make a real difference in the world. Have the resources to start a career you're passionate about. Make great strides in research that's changing lives. You'll be able to do more, build more, succeed more. That's why you'd come to Creighton. You're more than just a student. This is more than just an education. Go to bemore.creighton.edu. Who's got next? Hart plays it to Jenkins. Catch fire, three left wing, a swish for Jenkins. And this crowd just went dead silent. Cats up 14. John Rook with Kevin McNamara. This week in the Big East, it's a shorter schedule than usual for the league this weekend. Two games on Saturday. Another two to play on Sunday. Villanova will get a test at Seton Hall on Saturday, Kevin. Xavier then plays its second game of a three-game road trip at Marquette on Saturday night. And then Sunday, Butler is at home against DePaul. Georgetown fights for postseason survival with a big opportunity at Creighton. You know, big-time home games for the home teams this weekend. Seton Hall badly needs to beat Villanova. I I think if they can beat Villanova, that really gives them the, the giant chip that they need to secure their NCAA look and to, you know, make a run toward 10 wins in the Big East, which is very important. I think there'll be a big difference at Selection Sunday this year between a 9-9 and Big East and anything below as with a conference finish. 9-9, I think, will be a really uh, line of demarcation, if and, you will. I believe Seton that. Hall, Marquette, Providence, They're uh, all right Georgetown, there. they all can do it, but it's going to be difficult. Winning your home games is the way to punch that ticket, and Seton Hall with hosting Villanova and Marquette hosting Xavier. Those are really huge, huge games. Now, if the Saturday and Sunday games don't whet your appetite, how about what comes up on Wednesday? we got two dynamite games next Wednesday that everybody want to point to. Providence plays at Creighton. Butler plays at Villanova. And you look at them quickly and you say, well, the home teams are in a great spot. You know, Creighton's very good at home. But we've talked about Providence in this show. They're really surging. They have a week off to prepare for the game at Creighton. And, uh, you know, Providence has had one of the few Big East teams that has had quite a bit of success 
out at uh, in Omaha. So that'll be interesting. And then, you know, Butler, tough draw going to Villanova at the Pavilion. They don't lose at the Pavilion, but Butler's dangerous, uh, especially offensively. If they can shoot the three and score, they can give the Wildcats a test. Because Butler's three games back, they really don't have anything to to lose in this particular season. So we talked about it early in the program today. It looks like you know the the regular season championship is going to be Nova's again with a three game lead here. So if you're Butler, why not just go for broke here? It yep. can't hurt you. No, and I, I like the way that they're coming off that St. John's win where, you know, they just obviously shot the ball with an awful lot of confidence, put up 110 points, you know. It, it, they're not going to score 110 at the Pavilion, I can guarantee you that. But, John, it, it, Butler is dangerous offensively. If they can shoot the ball, they're, you know, they're a threat to win any game. Our Twitter question this week comes from Mike, who says, I blame all the fouls in the conference on Kevin McNamara and J.R. Broadcaster, our Twitter handles, who had the Big East head of officials, John Cal, on the show recently. Kevin, somebody's called us out this week on Twitter. We tried to educate the fans. You know, John Cal knows he knows everything that is to know with the officiating and the calls, and I thought John was an excellent guest, and we're just trying to help the fans. That's all. <laughs> Well, obviously he didn't like a few of the foul calls going his team's way, perhaps. But we would also tell you, though, that one of the constant things that we've tried to talk about is consistency in officiating. We're pointing out some of the things that we think need to be improved on for next year, and that's what John Cal told us a couple of weeks ago. And, John, you know, I'll throw this out. This is the toughest time of the year for the players, the coaches, and the referees. It's very hard. They've seen these teams multiple times. They've done a lot of games. Uh, they have fresher legs, as we've talked about, but it's still very difficult this time of year for referees. Don't forget, you can tweet us your questions. Use that hashtag, T-W-I-T-B-E. Kevin, as we get ready for these last two, two and a half weeks of the regular season before we head for Madison Square Garden and the uh, the 35th trip of the Big East Tournament at the Garden this year, give me a surprise. Predict. Look into your, your crystal ball and tell me something that right now that may not be apparent that you think can happen in these next couple of weeks. Well, I think Seton Hall is a dangerous team. We, we've had Kevin Willard on the show, and I like the fact that they have a few rocks, yeah. some experience, you know, rock guys like a Delgado, like a Carrington. They've been through it all. They won the Big East tournament last year. Uh, they're the team to watch. Really? Obviously, outside of Villanova. They'll, they'll, they'll enter the week uh, as heavy favorites. I also think that things can change a lot between now and two weeks. You know, we, we've seen teams all of a sudden, you know, Marquette's a good example. You know, beat Creighton and Villanova a couple of weeks ago. They lose three out of four. I mean, that's what can happen in this league overnight very quickly. How about this? A team that plays on Wednesday night in the first games makes the semifinals. Well, semifinals, I can see. I thought you were going to say finals. No, that's, I'm gonna, I'll go semifinals. In other words, that means you got to win on Thursday to get through the quarters, too. That would mean you got to win two in a row. I think if you coming can, from Wednesday, if you can avoid Villanova on Thursday, I, li- <laughs> I, I like your chances. You like that chance? The team that faces Villanova, good luck. <laughs> I like that. Hey, our thanks to head coach Kevin Willard of the Seton Hall Pirates for joining us. Also, Luke Fisher, senior center for the Marquette Golden Eagles, and Stuart Mandel, Fox Sports college basketball writer and analyst, for joining us this week. Thanks also to our radio partners at Providence, at Creighton, at Butler, and at Seton Hall for all of their work this week, as well as all of the Big East member institutions for their assistance. For our producer, Kevin Collins, and Kevin McNamara, my name is John Rook. Don't forget, we'll be back same time next week, this week, in the Big East. Thanks for listening to This Week in the Big East. Special thanks to our member schools, Butler, Creighton, DePaul, Georgetown, Marquette, Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall, 
Villanova, and Xavier, as well as their athletic departments. This Week in the Big East is produced by Kevin Collins. The executive producers are John Paquette and Rick Gentile. Be sure to join us next week for the latest edition of This Week in the Big East.